1: Welcome to the 149th episode of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Summons, and I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and good friend, Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how are you doing?
2: I am doing great. I've been watching the NFL draft for this past two days. Uh, My team has had a very not-sexy draft very solid got your needs you're never you're not gonna know what these dudes can do for like a year or two you know that kind of thing so it's like a lot of people are getting excited about players like with your alliance draft who's had an amazing draft my ours has been
1: incredibly sexy yeah
2: yeah, you have you know you got some big names for the future the chiefs have gotten some very solid players and like some very looks like dependable rotation players going in the future so, I haven't got, you know, I'm not super excited about that. But the nerves are starting to hit because next Thursday morning at 10 a.m. is the pre sale for the Forbidden Door. And yes, if the w-, w, I think if AEW did like that, you know, you could sign up for the pre sale list. Uh, I think it'd be probably about in the 40 or fifty thousands for this. Uh, what, sixteen to 20,000 seat arena. I don't know what the setup's going to be like for it. Uh, so, yeah. Do we know how you can get access to the pre-sale? Uh, it's generally, those things come out Wednesday. If you're signed up for All Elite Fleet. Uh, or if it's Pro Wrestling Tees. Or, yeah, or Pro Wrestling Tees. You'll get the pre-sale code Wednesday morning. And I will tweet out the, the All Elite Fleet pre-sale code also if you're a member of hills they generally get their own pre-sale code so those are the three different ways to get pre-sale codes they generally are shared and shared and uh floated around somewhere uh it's like i'm really excited to try to get tickets i want to be on the floor um i'm you know it's just yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a shit show. I really do. It's going
1: to be absolutely hey. insane. I know we're going to be trying our ass off to try to get the best possible seats that we can. I mean this is one of those shows where it's like getting the best possible seats is probably going to be incredibly difficult where it's like you're just going to have to try to hope you can get seats, not even like where you're going to sit. It's just like hope you can get in because this shit's going to go so fucking quick. But um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, I, I will say my NFL thing real quick. Aiden Hutchinson, the Michigan boy, coming home. We got bold and took a wide receiver in the first round. Oh, Jameson Williams is going to be so good when he heals from his ACL tear. And we kept fortifying the defense. The Lions are going to be making noise, people, in the next few years. And it's going to confuse so many people when we do. And I'm, I'm very hopeful for that team because, man, I hope they – really start to put things together. And your guys' as Kansas City Chiefs did well as well. However, I will say, because you took a Western Michigan Bronco, I hope that man's guy is a bust.
2: It's, it's so crazy when it's like, it, we're, it, being a Chiefs fan, I am in a unique position that I haven't been in my life. We're, <laughs> we're the alpha dogs, you know what I mean? We're one of the top five teams in the NFL. What we're trying to do is draft to sustain success. But literally, for the most of my 20, I think at this point, 28, 29-year fan as a Chiefs fan, we were either trying to get to that next step, right? Trying to get to that next step, or, you know, trying to build for the future. So we're in this weird position, like, we're not trying to draft Hall of Famers, which you're always trying to draft Hall of Famers, but I'm just saying... We're we're like, we want solid rotation players that will keep us where we are and get us that extra step back to the Super Bowl. Because, again, four years we were in AFC Championship game. So four years in a row we were one game away from the Super Bowl. That is, I know people don't like to throw that word around because we didn't win four Super Bowls, but that's a pretty strong dynasty right there, you know? Six division titles in a row. So it's just like we're at this point where... How do you maintain? How do you keep drafting the Chiefs away? Keep drafting Chiefs players. Mm -hmm. And, like, the guy from Western Michigan, he's a Chiefs player. He's a little wide receiver that's fast. He Mm -hmm. fits into the mold of the wide receivers that we take. Uh, The guy, uh, defensive end from from Purdue, hustle guy. He's an energy guy. I mean, he fits into the mold of a former defensive end we had named Jared Allen. None of these picks are sexy. They're not gonna be like, oh my god, we're not gonna get an A at the end of this draft. We're not gonna get an A plus. We'll probably get B, maybe C plus. And it's like, but again, those grades don't matter for four or five years. It's like right. it's like whatever you might. We're never gonna yeah, know really how everything <laughs> plays out. Yeah, until yeah because few years. No, no one comes back and like, oh, okay, this is how this grade out. Occasionally, they'll, they'll do a redraft. But then I'm like, let's see what these players did because I was like. I I called like 2017, the year we got Mahomes, like the year that our, our t- we had a hell of a draft. No, we got r- two really good players and four people that never even made it into the rotation out of the seven mm. players we took. Yeah. It was like it really wasn't a great draft. But when one of your picks is Patrick Mahomes, you call it a great draft.
1: It's a great draft, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: So, no. Uh, no. Uh, enough Enough of football, but it's just – I, I always, as I've gotten older, I'm starting to get fascinated with the mind of a fan, and how we fan, you know what I mean, and the different emotions that go in the draft. Like, someone, like you took Aiden Hutchinson, and you love it, and a lot of people love it, but... I guarantee you there was Alliance fans like Aiden Hutchinson taking him was the dumbest thing ever. That's why we're going to suck forever.
1: Well, I mean there I know there's people that preferred Kayvon Thibodeau. I've heard people say that. Um and of course there's a lot of people that are criticizing the pick where we traded up for Jameson Williams, um yeah. where they wanted Jordan Davis, which
2: but, uh, Who knows? Who you who never knows? knows. Jameson Williams could, you know, get back from the ace uh, get back from the ACL, come in has a strong second half of the season next year. We and saw
1: then, how fast Cam Akers came back yeah. from his Achilles tear.
2: Yeah, and then the, year two, Jameson Williams could be the next Jamar Chase, right? And he could be like a future Hall of Fame. A Justin Jefferson. Yeah, yeah. Or he could never get his feedback from the ACL injury or, or somewhere in between, which is probably where he'll be at. It's just so many variables that come into football and It's just like, You know, a lot of times it's in like the draft is such an exciting night as you look forward to the future and you react, but really you don't know shit for years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know. Just the whole idea, the psychology of fandom has started fascinating me as I got older.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, we're wrestling fans. I mean, the psychology of wrestling fans are... Interesting that for sure. We
2: were just talking about that. We were just talking about it like fans have an opinion on everything. Your graphics, your logo, your fonts. Oh my God, why was his font all capitalized and her font was all lowercase? The newest thing, the moving picture to announce. Yes, we got moving
1: graphics on Twitter for pay per views.
2: Yes, and people are going crazy on this. Something I would have never even noticed. Like Yeah. Okay. So Someone so, was
1: just like, "Oh, yeah. wouldn't it be cool if WWE if they had WWE style like moving graphics for their pay per views?" And Tony Khan was like, "That's a cool idea." Does it? And everyone's like, "Oh my god, they got moving graphics!"
2: Because it's so weird. Because they listen. AEW listens to their fans. And and that's it's, probably
1: the reason why yeah. people were freaking out is that somebody something that somebody said on Twitter, and they were kind of like, "That's a cool idea," and everyone's like. Our opinions are being taken into consideration. The fuck is going on?
2: Yeah, but you know, and I, you know, I always say there is—it's a good and a bad thing because they do oh, that. It gives, and the, they, fan, it gives yeah. the fans
1: an ego for sure.
2: Yes, and now they're just like, okay, well, now you should just throw Sammy and Ty away because we don't like them. And it's just like, no, they're really talented wrestlers and really good at the jobs. I don't care. I don't like them anymore. They should go away. You said you were going to listen to your fans. Well, I'm going to listen to my fans when they say something intelligent. <laughs> <You know?
1: laughs> yeah, and something that I also think is a good idea. Yeah,
2: it was something that makes sense. You know, it's just so funny because, yeah, that's the whole thing with it. It's the, it is, it it is with every good intentions, there's a negative to it. But, yeah, fans have an opinion on everything. I, 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 I admit it. I have had those moments where it's like, oh, my God, I mean, okay, this is a big match, and they came out, and that's the entrance? They couldn't come up with anything better for the entrance? That's, I'm big on entrances. I think entrances, when done right, can use this story, tell the story of what's coming in wrestling. Like uh, WrestleMania six, I don't know if you, I mean Yeah, I don't know if you've seen that WrestleMania or not, but there's this match between Ultimate Warrior and a Macho Man. It was a retirement match, right? Mm -hmm. And for the first time in his career, the Ultimate Warrior walked to the ring. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. From that moment, that set the standard and the state. And it set the mood that this match was more important than every other match that he's been in. Because even the world Mm -hmm. title match against Hogan, he ran to the ring. Yep. But in this match against Macho Man, he walked. And it's just like. That little subtle change elevated the importance of that match. Even when I was like, shit, I was young <laughs> with WrestleMania 11. I was like 11. <laughs> like I was like 11. And, but I understood that, you know, that elevated the match. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, uh, I mean, WrestleMania was seven. Oh, okay. So I was like eight. Uh, and I understood that elevated the match. So it's just like. I don't know. So I'm big into how the entrances are different. And we actually had a different entrance this week on AEW, so I will get to talk about that in just a second. Yeah,
1: but we'll get out of the way of our little off-tangent opening. I hope you guys enjoyed us rambling about tons of shit. But we got a lot to talk about with this week's episode of All Things Elite. Before we get into the show itself... I want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platforms, please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can leave a rating and a review, and if you're so inclined, you can also leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. But the easiest way for you guys to support us is by following us on social media. On Twitter, we are at AT ATElitePod. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Please check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin it's S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And we'll open things up right now with the big news of the week in AEW, which is that we have the official main event announced for Double or Nothing. And I want to hold on that because if we talk about this main event, I'm going to go off for a minute. But I want to talk. I want to give Floyd the opportunity to go off and go into his fandom moment first before I go myself. Um so we'll get immediately into Dynamite from this week in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where we opened with the Owen Hart Foundation tournament qualifying match between the collision of FTR, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler facing off for a spot in the Owen Hart tournament with CM Punk as the special guest commentator. The Bret Hart, the Bret Hart Owen Hart love is all over this match, as you can tell. So, I'm going to step back from this match, honestly, because I don't think there's anything that I can say that Floyd won't immediately say and won't say in a better way. Plus, you're going to get me going nuts pretty shortly afterwards, anyway. So, Floyd, for this FTR collision match for the Owen Hart Foundation qualifying spot, I will give it to you for this match between Dax and Cash.
2: With a tear in my eye, yes. As I say when I'm very excited about something. Um, th- perfectly thrown back to Ric Flair after he won the world title in the Royal Rumble. Um, a throwback of sorts. Uh, Dax, Dax and Cash, two throwback wrestlers, come to the ring. And so their music hits. And someone was like, oh, man, we get to hear the FTR music twice. Uh-uh. Not so fast, my friend. First of all, let me rewind. The show starts with CM Punk's music. Now CM Punk's music hits and he sits down and uh Punk, as old school of a wrestling fan as anyone, says, you know what, they you know, it seems like they want him to talk more, but he's like, no, let's let's get to the match. He's he was excited for this match. And then you the music hits, FTR's music hits, and out the face tunnel comes Dex, out the heel tunnel comes cash and they come out at the same time, and they walk slowly to the ring, donning their FTR jackets, but pink and black gear uh, with a skull, uh, a pink and black with a skull, one says Cash, one says Dax, they're pretty much wearing matching clothes, and you just feel like, Again, when you talk about the entrances, when you change the entrance, right? They could have played FTR's music, one came down and the other came down, but they both came down. They are such a team. This is how they've debuted. This is how they've come to the ring their whole career. You know? And they come to the ring and they size each other up and you have what some people will refer to as a solid wrestling match. Some people have called it classic. Some people have called it the best wrestling singles match in AEW history. I will let you decide where you want to be. Uh, for me, it was a match that meant a lot to me personally and emotionally. Um, FTR talks about it all the time. Uh, they talk about how you you know you you can have the moves and all that stuff, but they loved Brett because they loved Brett because he made them feel. I talk about it all this time. I don't watch wrestling with my head quite a bit. I watch it with my heart. So this match, I watch with my heart. And I'm seeing the headlock takeovers and the reversals into pen attempts and then the uh, arm bars and nip-ups. And I'm just watching them have this, like, Great technical match, and it's uh, like some of the spots. I I immediately knew where they came from, like uh the victory roll spot, and you know when he threw him into the turnbuckle, and I, and of course the 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 how the, the how the finish ended. I knew I had a feeling in my gut that's how the finish was going to end. But FTR perfectly, in their own way, paid tribute to all of their favorite matches with all of their favorite wrestlers. And they did it in a way only FTR could. I I will say this. If you look at the young uh, Mr. Dax Harwood, who Cash calls the best wrestler in the world, and you see his headlock takeovers. I mean, you know, I don't think anyone has as much snap and much aggression and as much, uh, much as looks much like an offensive move as Mr. Dax Harwood. And then everything they did it looks like it was done for the purpose of winning the match something that you know can be lost today i'm not i'm not one of those people that old wrestling is better than new wrestling i think there's a place for both of them uh, in it to exist but yes this this was done it was the little things everything looked like a struggle everything looked like a guy two guys trying to win the match um it got a little heated in the corner when uh, Dax's hand accidentally slipped into Ke- uh, Cash's eye. And he just, you know, you're in the heat of battle. And you get poked in the eye. You don't want to hear, oh, man, that's not my bad. I didn't mean to do that. You're like, dude, let's fight. And they had a great match. Pile drivers, The the slingshot sit out Power bomb, which is my favorite move that Dax does other than the Brain Buster, which he didn't hit in this match. But then we get to the end. And even another subtle story told, Cash hurt his knee. Dax was about to take advantage of it with the the sharpshooter. Not the Scorpion Deathlock, but the sharpshooter. And he was about to uh, take advantage, but, you know, that's his partner. He doesn't want to hurt him. So he hesitated. Cash then rolled up Dax based on that hesitation and almost gets the three. But Dax then adjusts the small package to get the three, a perfectly done match where it looks like two very even wrestlers. One was just a little better that day, Uh, a masterpiece in singles wrestling. As far as the story they were trying to tell Two very skilled people that know each other very well and that it was going to come down to a fluke in the three count. If you ever want to know where that's from, uh, the King of the Ring. It's ninety three. I might be saying the wrong year. It's either ninety three or ninety two. Uh, the finish came from the second round match between Bret Hart and Mister Perfect. And yeah, Mister Perfect did a roll up. Bret then adjusted the roll up and barely beat Mister Perfect. It's one of Dax's favorite matches. So I knew that was gonna be the end of. The, I like. I knew it was gonna be the end of the match, and it was. Very it was beautifully done. Story told. Match lived up to uh it's uh match lived up to this height, and they said first time last time, but I don't know. This felt like the first match of more than one. I don't know if they break up. I don't think they break up. Maybe they have to qualify in the 01 Cup again next year or something like that, but I don't feel like this is the last time they lock up.
1: Honestly, I hope it's not the last time they locked up because they work really well against each other. Like, obviously, FTR is an outstanding tag team, if not one of the best tag teams currently in AEW. They are unbelievably over together as a pairing, so breaking them up would be a terrible idea. But if these guys were to ever go at each other again, I think it would be a great decision on their part. Because, again, I I think it's very interesting to see these two face off. And they did a great job. Honestly, I've got nothing but good things to say about this match. Um, Yeah, uh, Dax winning, I think, makes sense. He was the one who's had more singles matches in AEW than Cash. And it was a little bit of a quick uh, counter that got him to get the win. And it was great work on Dax's part to get that win.
2: Uh, The last thing I want to say is it is incredibly awesome as a FTR fan to see the elevation and love of them coming along and how many people are just really, like, jumping. And I hate to say the word bandwagon because the bandwagon has a negative connotation. I ju- no, I want you on the bandwagon as as a person that has been an FTR fan forever. And I feel like I've brought a few people along with me. Uh, it is amazing to see how much love these men are getting. And it's just like, and it feels like a big old, and in no way victory lap. Like, I told you so. I have been saying this. You know what I mean? You've been on the show with me, and I've been saying that they're the best tag team in the world, and now everyone else is saying they're the best tag team in the world. And I'm like, are y'all just, are y- have y'all not heard me for the last time? <laughs> two years it's like i don't know yeah. i guess i was talking to myself i don't know and i love it i love it i love it you know you know I, you, like i don't want it to come off anyway other than complete happiness for two people that have entertained me on a level that i can't even explain so i am glad they're getting everything they they rushed out a hoodie because their stuff was selling well. And it's immediately in the top seller's list on Shop AEW. It's like an FTR hoodie in April is selling at the top mm-hmm. list <laughs> and on AEW. And it's just it's amazing. Keep supporting them. Keep rooting for them. I hope when they do another signing, I hope the line's way too long and I get annoyed. I love it. <laughs> Keep supporting my boys.
1: Yeah, and I will say as well, um, speaking of uh, shop, AEW, and Pro Teeth, those uh, polos of Macho Man, those polo shirts are awesome, and I'm probably going to have to snag one of those. But moving over into immediately after that match between Dax and Cash, CM Punk, who was at commentary for this match, uh, quickly found out that we have that main event for Double or Nothing, the first match announced for Double or Nothing 2022. The AEW World Championship will be defended. Hangman Adam Page versus CM Punk. And Punk got on mic and proceeded to cut a great promo. Gave a nice shout-out to Dax and Cash. And talked about how he looked himself in the mirror and asked himself, can he still do this? And he wanted to show no disparagement to anybody he's faced in the ring except for maybe Eddie Kingston But everything up to this point was a warm-up, and he's only just getting warm. And he said he can't promise a victory for certain, but he can promise a hangman that you will get everything of CM Punk. Because if it wasn't for these people who gave everything to him, he wouldn't have come back after seven years. He wouldn't be doing what he's doing right now. And he said he's going to – like he's been saying for a while, he's going to keep riding till the wheels fall off. And he wants to be AEW world champion. All right. Now, I've already been very vocal about the fact that I... The first time I ever saw CM Punk live in a wrestling ring was Rampage, the first dance at the United Center when he made his return after seven years. The first time I saw CM Punk wrestle live was AEW All Out 2020... 2021, where he proceeded to win and wrestle his first match back after seven years against Darby Allin. And I will be in attendance in Las Vegas, Nevada for Double or Nothing 2022. And as a man that he used to call himself a Paul Hammond guy, he normally says, this is not a prediction, this is a spoiler, CM Punk will become AEW world champion, and I will be in attendance when that moment happens. People can tell me all the time Hangman's run needs to continue. Hangman needs another definitive championship defense. People can tell me everything they want to hear and what they believe in. And I got nothing but love and respect for Hangman Adam Page. In the four champions that we've had as world champions in AEW, Chris Jericho, Jon Moxley, Kenny Omega, and now most recently, Hangman Adam Page. Hangman has absolutely lived up to all of those champions that have come before him in AEW. He is absolutely considered to be one of the best AEW world champions that we have in that small group. And he's put on classic matches. His first defense, hell, was against brian danielson and he managed to make that match so good and he's done such a good job his most recent defense against adam cole was outstanding but all of that all of that will end in las vegas at double or nothing when my boy cm punk becomes the AEW world champion. And this is the thing that I am almost certain of because the fans have been all on the board of the CM Punk fun train since he's returned. But now that he's going for the championship, I am almost certain that there are going to be people that doubt my boy, that discredit my guy and discredit him becoming AEW world champion because they'll say he shouldn't be champion because it should stay on Hangman. I understand that, but you can kindly go fuck yourself with that opinion. CM Punk will be champion. There is no doubt in my mind that that is going to be the case, and I will be in attendance when it happens. So myself being there, and I can say with every single point of CM Punk's incredible AEW career thus far— All of the milestones that he has had so far, his first appearance, his first win, and now his first championship, I will be at the arena when it happens. You cannot deny this. I am willing this. I am manifesting this into existence. There is nothing else anybody can say. It is CM Punk or nothing. And if you've got a problem
2: with that, kick rocks. All right. I have nothing to follow up on that on that segment we can uh kindly move on to the next topic
1: that is my week that is my weekly I annoy y'all with my CM Punk fandom and listen it's gonna be true so just just grow to accept it and I know I'm gonna be getting to the point where people turn on CM Punk because hell we've seen what happens uh people turning on Sammy Guevara people turned on Cody Rhodes Floyd can attest to that right then Um, I'm expecting a turn because of Punk going for the World Championship. I'm expecting it because I know how wrestling fans act. Uh, So if y'all are part of that turn, uh, up yours. (laughs) But anyways, I will move on from my CM Punk fandom. It will continue until AEW Double or Nothing. And if not, it will amplify when he wins the AEW World Championship after Double or Nothing. But... After that, the Blackpool Combat Club had a six-man match against The Factory, QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, and Nick Camarado, and Anthony Agogo was actually on TV. It was very good to see him back on TV, even though he wasn't wrestling. Uh, This was pretty quick work. Of course, Wheeler Yuta, uh, in his hometown, was really proceeding to get incredible reactions from the crowd. Yuta was all over the place doing some great stuff. He took a lot of punishment as well, which really helped it make— a big moment when he did eventually get one over the factory with him and um, working on, uh, especially with a good idea for him, having Nick Camarado really starting to push him down, which I saw the video also online of Nick Camarado proposing to his uh, then-girlfriend uh, at an independent wrestling ring- show, and his girlfriend is an uh, independent wrestling uh, referee. Congratulations to him, I want to say that as well. It's a very cool moment. If you can't, If you haven't seen the video on Twitter, definitely seek it out. It is very cute, very, very cute. But the Blackpool Combat Club gets the win. These guys have been running roughshod. Now, I will ask Floyd, because I know the rumors about the Trios Tag Team Championship has been rumored for AEW. Do you think we get a debut or an announcement about that possible Trios Championship at double or nothing or do we get it going down the road when do you think we're going to get any word about this possible trios championship because the with the way that things have been set up it seems like almost inevitability that we're going to get a trios championship
2: i will say one of the biggest gaps in this aw beautiful AEW schedule is between that it's like that it's june to september and i think that that's a Good Summer Tournament will be the Trieste title. So I think it'll be after Double or Nothing. Do you think they announce it at Double or Nothing? Yes, I think they announce it at Double or Nothing. I do. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I I do want to throw out an idea. You know, William, Mr. Oh, Lord Regal is from the UK. Uh, someone whose talents is being wasted in the factory, a.k.a. Anthony Ogogo, is from the UK. And, you know... You're in the Blackpool Combat Club, you know? I mean, wouldn't an Olympic boxer be good for the Blackpool Combat Club? I'm just throwing it out there. A go-go for the BCC. I, I, I loved him in the Nightmare Factory, but they're beneath him. Mm-hmm. A go-go. Let's get a go-go in the Blackpool Combat Club.
1: Yeah, honestly, let's let's make that happen. Um, I, I mean, think that would a be very,
2: very he's a big old boy. Cool. Yeah, I mean, he's... Like, I think he's ever been as big as as Moxley. And, you know, Boxer, you know, he needs to be kind of elevated. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, he could just be like kind of William Regal's muscle. Because William Regal can't be, because of his neck issues, can't be physically involved. And there's been no reason for him to be physically involved. But, you know, I just think it'd be somewhere. I think his talents, his star power is more of a fit for Black Blackpool Combat Club right now.
1: I think so as well. I honestly think it fits pretty dang well. But uh, we then had the Murderhawk monster Lance Archer get sicked onto Wardlow because of MJF and of course Wardlow has been seated to being coming out handcuffed with no music to try to face off against whoever MJF puts in front of him. Uh, Archer got a lot of offense for a little while in this match uh, but eventually Wardlow was going to Get one over on uh, Lance Archer, and he proceeded to powerbomb him repeatedly. And also, Wardlow not only got those multiple powerbombs with his symphony, but showed a lot of agility and, like, just cardiovascular work because, for God's sakes, he had a Rana or, like, a, a, legs, a, a leg scissor sweep that he pulled, and then he proceeded to go and just do a fucking swanton bomb out of fucking nowhere. I mean – Holy shit, like, that is, like, something I do not expect from somebody that size, and it's outrageously cool that he can do stuff like that. Wardlow is going to be so fucking good, and all I got to say is this, is that when Miro comes back, if we do not get a Wardlow versus Miro match, I don't know what this company is doing, because that match is, like, that is money. That is so money. Like, if they eventually can get to the point where, like, say – wardlow becomes tnt champion and then miro comes back trying to get that tnt championship away from wardlow holy
2: shit okay so miro now that you just gave me an idea this is brand new first to hear it because you just gave me the idea he has a shirt on shop AEW, and you know what it says on it the final boss yeah what if he's the final boss to get to
1: mjf I believe it. I mean, again, how long, how long has Miro been gone, and when were we kind of expecting him to come back?
2: It, there was no expectations. He is, he is healthy. So, uh, you know, that's a big thing. He's healthy. Uh, he, he went out to Hollywood, shot some stuff. Uh, he went to Bulgaria recently to visit an aunt. But from what I understand, he's healthy, and they've just kind of been waiting. So, yeah, if Miro the final boss for Wardlow, I would be co- that would be really cool.
1: Yeah, I think it would be outstanding. I think, again, Miro is somebody that the fans have desperately missed, and I think him going up against Wardlow would be a great return. Now, obviously, I know some fans would be upset because he would take an L, but I honestly don't think Miro taking one L will stop his momentum from being vicious. Again, Miro will do so many good things in AEW. Uh, I am like yeah. – I'm confident in that because Miro
2: will come up one more time in the show at least because I think, I think AEW needs Miro for another part too
1: alright well we'll get to that point very shortly but moving on we had the Jericho Appreciation Society coming out and having a face to face with Eddie Kingston and Santana and Ortiz, and uh, they said there would be no physical altercation in this um, and Eddie Kingston proceeded to just Bulged out – burst out of there and tossed chairs, tossed the table away, um, and was wearing a shirt of Bruiser Brody. Shout out. Um, Jericho wanted an apology from Kingston Santana and Ortiz uh, since they got kicked out of the arena last week. Ortiz and Santana were like, oh, yeah, we'll find our apology for you and flipped them off multiple times. And Daniel Garcia was feeling himself and um, was like, y'all threats mean nothing to us. Like It's not like y'all can – hit us and was doing the, like, chest forward, like, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? Like, you gonna hit us? And Eddie was like, I hate this crap. I don't care about this sports entertainment crap. And he's like, Chris, I told you it's on site. We're gonna get you. Let's just fight. I don't care if it's five on three. Stop with this crap. Let's go. Jericho proceeds to run down Eddie Kingston by saying, five on three, you guys aren't smart enough to realize it, so we're gonna just take you guys out one by one. And Jericho proceeds to say... There's no company that wants you. No one wants you. This is your last chance. So just stand there, shut up, and do what you're told. And Eddie proceeds to respond by saying, because Jericho said they were going to put a hit on those guys and said, Kingston's response was, look into my eyes. I live behind them. When you say a hit in our world, you better be prepared to be putting somebody in the ground I don't think y'all are prepared. And as he's just getting in the face and and smelling the fear off of Chris Jericho, Jericho's going back and back and back and back and further and further and further back into his chair. And Eddie scared the shit out of Jericho. And makes sense. That man is somebody you do not fuck with. You do not fuck with Eddie Kingston like that. Um, he will throw a TV at your head. Um, this was a solid promo, I think. Honestly, I didn't necessarily love it. I thought it was solid because, um, like I said, there were certain points, like where I thought um, uh, Garcia's, like, "What are you gonna do?" Shit was like really odd. Like, just it seemed it, very it didn't
2: really fit into the no. theme and the uh, the intensity of the conversation. Also, Jerry, uh, Eddie went into the. Uh, before he finished that final, you know, when you talk about putting a hit on somebody, you're talking about putting them into the ground. Jericho kind of cut him off, yeah, and then it, he had to come back and pretty much say the same thing. And it looked like I don't think Jericho was supposed to cut him off there. Uh, that's I know because I mean that's the thing with Eddie though is like when you when you cut
1: these promos like because he was like had that one point he's like shut up I swear on my mother shut up cuz like that's the thing with Eddie Kingston style promos is like they don't feel like promos they feel legit they feel like these people are like about to go to blows because it doesn't feel rehearsed. Yes and and he, they But a- since Jer but that's the thing though is because Jericho is doing that whole sports entertainment stuff where stuff kind of does it's supposed to kind of feel rehearsed cuz they they're promos at the end of the day um he, it, they, it didn't gel as well as it could have, I felt like. It wasn't bad. It just didn't gel as well as like it could have, I felt yeah, like. Yeah, he
2: stepped on Eddie Kingston's most intense.
0: Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill
2: moment to where he had to do it the second time and it didn't come off as intense and jericho but jericho did come back and he oversold it the second time with the fearful look on his face so i think he kind of saved it to a point but eddie kingston's so good santana and ortiz are so good they're really building the three-on-five advantage, so I'm. I'm wondering who the two guys are that uh, Eddie's going to bring in. Is it? Are they going to go LAX with or uh, Hernandez and uh, Homicide? Are they going to use it as a way to debut two new people? Are they are going to use it a way to elevate somebody that's already in the company? I, I'm just. I'm really excited to find out because. You know, double or nothing. They generally have a you know stadium stampede or that type of match. So I feel like they're building to that match, and you know I like to see what we get to. But we get more later with this thing. So let's uh, yeah, let's go on to the next segment, and then we'll get yeah. back to it.
1: Moving on. Yes, we had the Philly Street Fight between Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida. AKA one of AEW's best women's feud, if not best feuds in the history of their company, I feel like. These two are so fucking good. I especially loved when the fans legitimately did a Holy Sheeta chant because I thought that was a really nice touch to the match because it just – it really worked. Serena Deeb using like powder or chalk almost to burn into Sheeta's eyes and really proceeding to just beat the hell out of her – uh, with uh, kendo stick shots as well. But that kendo stick got used multiple times in this match. Um, Serena Deeb was really working on the knee of Hikaru Shida at one point, um, and just multiple uses of steel chairs. And eventually, though, um, the detox was put on a, a, on a Shida. She kicked out, and then the Serenity Lock, Shida got onto the ropes, no rope legs, and then turned it into a Texas clover leaf. And then that's when Sheeta had to tap out. Basically, the rope breaks was just like her knee was fucked. Um, And I think Sheeta getting, uh, taking the L and keeping this feud alive and having Deeb get another really definitive win over Hikaru Sheeta. I love this feud. Again, I am completely fine if these two wrestle like all the fucking time. Um, And I am very much, very much happy about it. And I know they had Thunder Rosa looking out at Serena Deeb. If Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb go at it, I mean, like, we already know, like, these two in NWA were doing great work as well. Um, So I would love it if they do stuff for the AEW Women's Championship um yeah i thought this was one of the best matches on the card honestly um i still would rank the ftr match up a little bit higher just because of the significance of it but these two would probably be just underneath it in terms of the best match on the card in my personal opinion uh that's just me uh but i really love this match
2: and i love these two i will say i really love this match i love these two wrestling together i love the result more than most Serena Deeb is the heel. Yeah. She is a heel that you need right now for Thunder Rosa, and they can put on a really great match. She needed this win. Like, Sheeta, you can build her back up later. Uh, You could, you know, get Sheeta in the Owen. You you could definitely get her in the Owen Cup uh, if you want to. But she needed to lose this match because you have to build up Serena Deeb as a legit person that can beat thunder rosa and i think you can do that and i think we're going to get a really good match at double or nothing when that match happens but i thought this match was executed well i would have liked to see i'd say 10 percent more aggression that's a nitpick nitpick i'm telling you it, it didn't to me didn't affect it but i feel like it could have went to that next level with about 10 percent more aggression but i really did enjoy that match
1: Yeah, I understand that. Uh, Moving up, though, we had MJF and Sean Spears getting interviewed and uh, proceeded to give a little hint about uh, uh, who would be going after Wardlow next week. MJF gets on the phone and was like, you want to make some quick cash next week? And MJF then proceeds to say, next week you're going up against a man who's bigger than you, smarter than you, seven feet tall, and you can't teach that. So, obviously, it's Enzo Amore. So, if you think it's anybody else, if you don't think it's the real one, uh, you're crazy. No, it's Big Cass. It's it's
2: Big Cass. Um, uh, good old W. Morrissey, just going by his real name. Uh, yep. a, he's very protected in Impact. He literally, the only person he I think he hasn't beat over the last year is Moose. And uh, it's very over, you're kinda of seeing he's kinda of defined who he is as a character. Uh he is definitely taking care of his physique. I think his physique now looks better than it ever did in NXT or WWE. He's like ripped and he's a giant and he's looks like he's gotten his life together as far as his meds. So I am very much looking forward to next week. I you know I'm like in the situation I know Wardlow kinda has to win but if you want to again this is WWE brain I know if you want to do like a no contest type thing where they have to fight again the next week I would honestly I I just don't think it should just be Wardlow winning every week you know what I mean? Sure. Like you're I worried feel, about
1: you're worried it's yeah. going to be another situation where it's like with CM Punk where he just systematically went through the entire pinnacle yeah. to get to MJF.
2: Yeah, it, there needs to be a bump in the road. There needs to be something in Cuz oh we've got so we've still
1: got a we've still got a good yeah. amount of time until yeah. double like or a nothing. Month.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we have a month and it's just like it has to be a bump in the road. It has to be a pause with it. I don't know if it's Morrissey or if it's the next week. But I just like to see Warlow stumble a little bit. I thought sure. this week was gonna be the week. I really did with Archer because Archer was, Archer's Archer's kind of protected. He only loses the big matches, you know. He's very protected. So the fact that they just like Warlow just won I was like okay. So where are they going from here? So uh, that's like I said. This is just a like a fan. Just like there is, MJF storylines are very formulaic. You know, mm-hmm. he gets the advantage and then the person has to beat a lot of people to get to him. And I'd just like to see the formula be tweaked a little.
1: Yeah, I understand that. And again, I think that would be something I absolutely agree with as well. Um, I will say it is weird for me because I remember being in the arena at Madison Square Garden for G1 Supercard. And when Enzo and Cass or whatever they go by nowadays, uh, when they showed up in uh at MSG in that Ring of Honor New Japan show, I got to tell you, I was pissed. I was so mad. And I mean, like, that was when the connotation and the perception of those two were not good. Not not very good. Um, I know a lot of people were also very upset about their appearance there. Um, but times have changed, I'm definitely. I'm the weirdo that loved it. And was no, like, my, yeah. my friend Chad loved it as yeah, well. He yeah. thought it was great.
2: Yeah, and I just thought it was perfect. It felt really real. No one knew what was going on. It felt like Enzo and Kaz, Kaz XL is what he was called back then. Yes, it just felt like they just showed up and you know were trying to get uh, trying to get on TV and you know and then they had a fight with the people there and it just it felt real, really real. No, yeah. And yeah and
1: again just, like I said going back to it it's definitely a situation that is um yeah it 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 was it was handled it was pre- presented
2: pretty coolly There was only four or five men that people wanted to see show up that night Pretty and much and those two weren't the four or
1: five men that people Really wanted to see. no really <laughs> yeah, really no like but yeah. I will say like if I said if Young so Bucks
2: much... did the same thing they people would have loved it
1: Sure <laughs> like, I mean hell that was the same thing that happened with the uh, with the uh, impact uh pay-per-view when um i mean not the impact pay-per-view but the ring of honor show that just happened when the young bucks showed up and super kicked uh yeah. in that show as well yeah. um but i will say I, I am excited to see him now uh in this regard because like i said it's it's a lot more time has passed and i'm glad to see that he's really found uh some peace with his uh personal life and his personal demons um, no one should have to go through something like that. And I'm glad that he's found uh, a good place in it and he's able to do something that he really enjoys. And I'm excited to see what he does at AEW. Honestly, I do want to see what these two guys do. Um, but yeah, it, it, like I said, it's just it's, it's weird for me because I, I, the first time I saw them, well, the last time I saw them in a wrestling ring live was at that G1 Supercard show. And oh that crowd. Ooh. Um, but moving on. We had uh, the House of Black show up, and they killed Fuego, pretty much. Like, just showed up and killed Fuego on the stage, came out, and they tried to take off Fuego's mask. And then Alex Abrahentes was shrouded in the ring with his little mask and uh, cloak outfit and was talking about how sacrilegious it was to remove a Luchador's masks. And then the House of Black was walking towards the ring. Pinto Oscuro then comes out, and then the bastard Pack comes out as well, reuniting with his Death Triangle partner. And then Alex walks out from the back. And it turns out the man that was in the cloak in the middle was Ray fucking Phoenix, back from injury. And he just proceeds to thrust kick and kick the shit out of uh, House of Black. And they had triple tri- tope suicidas onto the Death Triangle. I mean, off onto the House of Black. Um, oh, God, yes. House of Black versus Death Triangle. Yes. Yes, please. I want that so bad. It's going to be so cool. I'm glad to see that because, again, like I said, with this trios uh, titles thing that seems to be will hopefully be coming very, very shortly. um, These are two incredible trios that I am very interested in. And um, a match between these three, these six, in fact, would be incredible.
2: Absolutely. Uh, This is the match that the trios division can be built on. Uh you got three incredibly talented I mean Buddy Murphy, you know, he was the biggest secret, you know, and um Brody King is every time I see him wrestle, he brings something out. Uh Malachi Black's all-around performer. Then you go on the other side, you got pa- Pac, Pack, one of the best wrestlers in the world, Ray Phoenix best high flyer in the world. I don't think it's relatively close. And you have one of the most charismatic luchadors in wrestling history and pentagon and it's just like those three versus three anywhere in the world anytime in the world 15 minute match 10 minute match an hour they're going to tear the house down, and they're going to make it really 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 hard to follow them and it's just like I I'd almost rather see this be like the main event of the dynamite the week of double or nothing instead of being on the pay-per-view like really built to this six-man match as the main match on the dynamite you know like 9 30 eastern time comes around and you just like you have those six go out there and you have them tear it down for 30 minutes and close out the dynamite and that's how you announce your double or nothing week with authority <coughs>
1: yeah i just got the hiccups right now so i'm trying i'm trying to get rid of them right now it's not, it's not a good situation. i, I, I heard
2: something here. going on and i was like oh, i don't know what's going on so should i keep talking but that yeah is me trying to uh get rid of these fucking hiccups no but uh yeah uh i just really think yeah i think i mean they could be a part of double or nothing which is gonna be an amazing pay-per-view but you do need you're gonna need something good for dynamite. You're gonna need something good for Rampage that week. I think the something good for Dynamite, the six man, uh the six man match, and then, you know, you build towards uh double or nothing. But we will see. I would I would be happy with the Malachi Black versus Pentagon match. I would be a Malachi oh, yeah. Black versus Peck. Maybe we can get that on the month coming up. It's just that we got a lot of talent in those six and they can they're very versatile so i am looking forward to this can be the standard that the six-man division be set on
1: damn it (laughs) (laughs) all right i'm gonna try to get my way through this without without doing this too much um we'll move on to the 10-man tag match between the undisputed undisputed elite and varsity blondes lee johnson and brock anderson with julie Julia Hart on the ring steps, continuing to show pretty much no facial expressions because of what happened with her in the House of Black. This match was pretty much for the Undisputed Elite A to sell their very nice t-shirts t- you can get on Shop AEW of the Undisputed Elite, which, if I'm not mistaken, is like, is like the number two selling shirt right now on Shop, uh, which is pretty much pretty much understandable. And also just trying to get the young bucks back on the side of the young of Adam Cole and red dragon, because they were showing that they might not be interested in being around these guys anymore. Eventually after they got the win with the quadruple BTE trigger, and then the boom knee from Adam Cole onto big shoddy Lee Johnson got the win. And then they handed out the undisputed elite shirts to the bucks and they put them on and we got that outstanding pose of all five of them in the ring. It looks so fucking cool. But this was a nice little prelim match before the main event, um and it was cool to uh, honestly it was to sell the t-shirts as well too and they did a good job at it.
2: Yeah, they def- definitely did a great job at it. Uh I'm definitely I plan on ordering this shirt before the forbidden door that f- uh hopefully there'll still be a, you know, like the five of them together by then, but uh, yeah, great shirt uh uh great match, but it was it was a squash match uh for for the most part, even how they ended, it was just trying to show and drive home the fact when the five of them are on the same page. You can't stop them, and now I believe two of the five are in the Owen cup, and then one is trying to qualify next week, so it should be fun going forward. I am interested in where the story is going. I think when Kenny Omega comes back, whenever that is, that is going to take this to a whole different level. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to buy you some time, brother. I'm I- trying I- so so I- hard
1: to get rid of him right now, but it's just not going well. But I'll bowl rush my way through this main event match real quick, and then we'll throw it to Rampage, which I've yet to, see, yet to see, so Floyd can take that over completely. And by that point, I should have gotten rid of these fucking things. But hopefully it's funny, at least. Anyway, main event TNT Championship match between the current champion Sammy Guevara with his girlfriend Ty Ty Conti by his side facing off against Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky. Um, This was the coming out heel party for Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti. The heat for them is outrageously high, and they played into it so, so, so well. I mean, for God's sakes, they're tongues were all over each other that night and sammy unfortunately had a very dangerous very scary spot um in the ladder match ladder match of course he tried to do a six uh, was was a 640 i believe off of the ladder and just missed uh missed the landing onto scorpio landed right on the back of his shoulder and like back of his neck it was a very scary spot I know Sammy says he says he's fine. He hasn't broken anything, but he does say that, like, he's in a lot of pain in that er area. Hopefully there's nothing too serious, but it was a scary, scary spot. And if you're anybody who was saying... Man, I really wish he broke his neck that night. Go fuck yourself and leave this fucking leave this fucking fandom. We don't want you here. Stop. Like, I get it. You don't think they're – you think they're an annoying couple. You think they're too much, yada, yada, yada. That doesn't mean you should wish injury on them or them to get hurt, seriously hurt in a situation like that. Like, knock it the fuck off. It is wrestling. Calm down. Like, seriously. It's just – it needs to stop. And I'm, But either way – the match still was able to go on. go on. We got a great spot with that barbed wire ladder. Really great great use of that. Um, Ty Conti got a nice little nut shot towards Dan Lambert. Paige Van Zant came out. Those two started teeing off. Um, the match was really solid, honestly. The one, the one thing I wasn't a huge fan of was the fact that the match kind of finished off with Sammy flipping off Scorpio. Scorpio Sky, Scorpio bites the middle finger, pushes him into the barbed wire ladder, which is a great spot. But then after that, that like you're already like, all right, Scorpio's winning the match right here. Sammy proceeds to get back onto the ladder after hitting the barbed wire ladder and gets knocked down for a second time, and then Scorpio wins it. You didn't need him to go up that second time. That finish of the barbed wire ladder spot should have been the finish. That should have been it. Him going up for the second second time made no sense to me and anything if anything Sammy should have gotten out of that match as quickly as possible and then checked on his fucking neck and back because he really landed badly right there but Scorpio Sky has is the TNT TNT champion two time TNT champion Frankie Kazarian comes out they smile they handshake they handshake and then we know that they will be defending the championship and that that'll be a title match I am hopefully able to chill and get rid of these hiccups now that I've gone through that. Uh, great match. Couple uh, things I would have liked differently. And also that spot was re- really, really scary. I know, and it harpered on the match because I was genuinely fearful for Sammy because it looked really bad.
2: Well, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and take a little break here. Cause uh, I'm about to bitch a little bit uh, about this. I'm glad you talked about the match. So I don't have to, it was a really good match. Sammy Guevara, Amazing performer, Scorpio Sky. Really good performer. He was as over as he's ever been in the company. And then he won the title for the second time, and it was a loud pop. Oh my God! My biggest problem with it is the TNT title division, the division created by my hero and and my favorite wrestler, Cody Rhodes. And what he did with this division is he made it a not a mid card title. He made it like a one in one A a title. On the equivalency of the world title. And. Basically since Miro won the title. It hasn't felt like. I mean since Miro lost. It hasn't felt like that. The whole Sammy Guevara. Losing pretty much every time. He challenges you know, anybody seriously. And going back from. It went from Sammy to Cody. To Sammy to Scorpio. To Sammy to Scorpio again. And it's just been too much. I, I know what this TNT title needs. It needs to be redeemed. It needs the redeemer. It needs Miro. Uh Scorpio Scott, I wanna I'm I am i am like, I'm all about giving him a shot. He, he had this great undefeated record. They got the belt back on him. I just give him some bangers. Just give him some really good matches and let, you know, let this man win. Let him and Frankie go out there and do their best for fifteen minutes. They really got to elevate the importance of this title again. It just feels very much... It doesn't even feel like a mid-card title. It almost feels like a 24-7 title at this point. Wow! Because they change it so much, and it's just... Oh, my God. It felt like whoever was the TNT champion... Was the number two guy in the company. You know what I mean? He wasn't the world champion, but he was the number two guy. It doesn't feel like that right now. And it has nothing to do with Scorpio. I actually love Scorpio, Scott. I've thought about building the TNT division around him. So hopefully they can really drive home this part as far as this. But he needs to hold this belt 80 days. Or 90 days. He really needs... They should not do another title change until either right before All-Out or right after. It, it, it really needs to be solidified in importance. And I think Scorpio can do it. And I think you have talent on the roster with Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish. You know, and you got Adam Cole and you got uh, Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs and uh, Orange Cassidy. I think you have a list of people on that talent level that you could put up against Scorpio Sky. Put on a bunch of banger matches. And really get the TNT title. Back to where it's supposed to be. Because right now. It doesn't feel special at all. It just feels like another belt. I, I mean. It, it just might be me. and But yeah. It just feels like another mid-card title. It, it honestly feels like the ROH TV title. Is more important than the TNT title right now. And. We will get to that because we got an ROH TV title on Rampage. But I just really needed to get that off my chest because I actually like everybody that's been the TNT Championship for a lot. I think Sammy Guevara is immensely talented. I love Scorpio Scott. I love Cody. But I just think how the story has been told, how it's been passed around, has diminished the legacy of the belt that was there before. So, yeah. so, um, yeah. But I believe that's it for Dynamite. I'm, that is, yes. Yeah, I'm, gonna go. I'm I'm. trying so hard right now. I will once again
1: say, like I said, I haven't seen that a Rampage yet. So this will be fully, fully Floyd while I try to get rid of these fucking hiccups.
2: Yes, there was four matches on Rampage. I don't remember, like, all the segments, but I do remember all the matches. First was Darby versus Swerve. I was really looking forward to this match uh they get in to the match they're uh they're having it in you know swerve's a little ahead of darby uh but halfway through the match ricky starks come down to the ring sting jumps between ricky starks and the ring and sting just kind of points to the back and like hey you know go to the back we're not doing it like this uh darby's down swerve gets back in the ring darby puts him in his uh leg lock pin i forgot what it's called uh, I think it's like Last rights. Uh and I think that's what it's called. And uh, he got the one, two, three. Uh, him and Swerve kind of looked at each other. They, um, I, I, It's going to skip around, but it's the best way to, to do it is extend what happened in the back. Darby's like, dude, you know I don't want to win that way. And, and Swerve's like, yeah, I know that ain't even you. That didn't have nothing to do with you, but you should go win the Owing. He's like the problem is I got to get deeper into this thing with uh I, I, he's got to get deeper into this thing with Starks and uh Hobbs. He's like so I got to go get the Limitless one and we got to handle that business. So uh, looks like he's gonna call Keith Lee to go go fight Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs. So you know and Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs seem to be having a tag team title match coming up soon as discussed on Dynamite. So we're gonna see how that works out uh the second match was the baddies well it's jade cargill and her baddies which is kira hogan and velvet uh i mean red velvet they come to the ring jade's in the middle and they have fans and the money the fans are money they're hundred dollar bills or whatever and they're making fans and they they have a pretty much a solid squash match against willow nightingale trisha door and uh sky blue. I mean, red velvet and sky blue have to fight each other forever. I'm guessing, but uh, it's red versus blue. But yeah, at the end of the match came when, uh, Jay gets in the ring, has Trisha is about to hit her with the, uh, what's her finisher called? Um, yeah, good Lord. I'm blanking on the finisher, but, uh, the glam slam basically about to hit her finisher. Uh, red velvet comes and tackles, uh, willow nightingale and, um, uh kira i believe got against sky blue and then um jay got the win and it's kind of funny it's like you know people talk about representation mattering now you have a a three woman faction that is all people of you know you know african-american descent you know that's kind of cool black ladies in a a faction that's kind of awesome so, uh, and the, you know, they're the baddies. So I definitely like this group and like it it's going forward. It looks like they're kind of building to Britt Baker versus Jade eventually. And so now Britt Baker has her three, uh, Jade has her three. So we got a nice little war that can set out that's can play out over the next few months. If they want to, uh, make it that long. Uh, then we get Keith Lee versus Colton Gunn uh Colton Gunn's first singles match in AEW uh on you know, T V and uh Keith Lee gives Colton Gunn his first loss. There was a segment in the back where the acclaimed uh came up to the guns and they're like, Yeah, you know, basically do y'all wanna team up? I'm guessing they're trying to start a faction. They say you want a scissor with the acclaimed? and then the guns said they had to go talk to their dad and Austin called him Daddy and it was it was interesting that how, where I'm trying to see where that's gonna go. Are they gonna try to build a super faction there? The last match, the main event, Samoa so Joe versus Trent Beretta. Very physical uh, match. Uh, you know, Trent really put up a fight. Uh, Samoa Joe went for his muscle Buster. Trent got out of it. Uh, Samoa Joe then caught him with the Kakina Clutch on the floor, and, you know, Tap choked them out, put him to sleep. Samoa Joe is your steal, your ROH TV title champion. Then, after the uh, match, the music hits, Jay Lethal, Jay Dutt, and Satnam Singh come out. Uh, Sat, uh, Jay Lethal tells Satnam to go get uh, Samoa Joe. Orange, Orange Cassidy, who was down there with Trent Beretta, jumps between Satnam Singh and the ring puts his hand in the pocket because he's not in the sleeve anymore, and he kicks Sodnem Singh in the leg, and then Singh throws him. There's a big old fight, and then uh, Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe are are fighting in the ring, and pretty much it goes off with a bunch of fighting uh, as they extend the Jay Lethal Samoa Joe storyline. Um, ex- uh, Rick Ian Riccobani it uh, was on commentary, and he got to drive home the fact that Samoa Joe was the one that brought Jay Lethal in the ROH 18 years ago. So this is a fight that's 18 years in the making. Uh, it, it's a great story to build the new ROH on, which I call it the new ROH, but he seems to be sticking with the old ROH. And that was your episode of Rampage. Uh, I wouldn't call it a great episode. I'd say it was a really good episode. Uh, Darby and Swerve is the one that kind of got me because it ended up being about the interference and stuff, but good Lord, I just I really wanted to see them put on a match. I, I, I know we're going to get it in the future, and I know it's going to be a big deal, and I know they're going to absolutely kill it, but it was just like, oh, God. That's like I saw Swerve and Darby got super excited. I think we got like, maybe 10 minutes of wrestling. I am looking forward to seeing it. I know that they're online and I can go watch their matches from the other companies in, but I want to see an AEW. So I'm looking forward to what they do later. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was rampage. We got some announcements for, uh, dynamite next week, uh, may 4th dynamite. Uh, I believe, I don't remember where it's from actually, uh, let's see. May Fourth Dynamite, awtix.com. Uh, May Fourth uh, Dynamite is in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, they're also doing tapings: uh, session one, session two, uh, dark tapings in Orlando this weekend. So if you live in the Orlando, Florida area, you can go check out those. Go uh, get go and check out those matches. But the matches announced for Dynamite uh, May 4th preview is Jeff Hardy versus Bobby Fish in the Owen Hart qualifier. Have no idea who's going to win this match. Uh, Jeff and Matt did cut a promo talking about how excited they were to be. They knew Owen and they miss him and how excited they'd be in, to be in the Owen Hart qualifier and how this will be Jeff Hardy's first singles match in the AEW. Uh, versus bobby fish then uh, we got the roh women's world title unification match we got diana perrazzo the roh women's champion versus the interim roh champion mercedes martinez that match should be a banger i hope they give them time i hope they i hope tony gives them 20 i hope they get their 20 i think they can really those two women are so talented that they can put on a very entertaining 20 minute match. And I really hope they get their time. Uh, then uh, we get Wardlow versus uh, MJF's mystery uh, opponent for him, which has pretty much everyone sussed out is W Morrissey from impact. So, in there's a way this is impact invading AW as we get Diana Perazzo and uh, W Morrissey on the card against Mercedes Martinez and Wardlow uh respectively. And then the I don't know if this is the main event, but we gotta built up a grudge match on uh because during one of the segments, uh commercial breaks, uh Santana just came out and just knocked the shit out of Jericho and was fighting him. And then the security pulled him off and they announced a grudge match. It's gonna be Chris Jericho versus uh Santana. Jericho said, I put a hit out on you and I'm coming to get you, Santana. And so it's literally announced as a grudge match for Wednesday. So those are the four matches we have. Looks like it's shaping up to be a solid dynamite. If the last few weeks have been any uh inclination of what's going on, they're probably gonna add a multi-man match. The uh Blackpool Combat Club is gonna beat up somebody. And you know, you'll probably get a couple more matches added to the show. And of course, you're going to get a CM Punk segment because that's what CM Punk does. But that's what the uh, Dynamite preview for next week looks good. How you feeling over there, Austin? It's not getting much better, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. It's one of the ones that just doesn't leave.
1: It doesn't leave. Um, there's one thing I want to try to get out eventually because this is, what, this is how I wanted to end the show because I saw the inspiration, uh, Cassie Lee and Jesse McKay, uh, announced they are re- retiring from pro wrestling or they are stepping away from pro wrestling uh, to pursue other ventures um i just want to say announced
2: that she got a, a movie role that she i heard about Judy. that yeah yes yeah. yes and so i'm looking forward to that
1: yeah i just want to say because i had so much love for the iconics and now the formerly known as the Icon- iconics and now the inspiration i love those two when they came into Impact and they quickly won the Impact, the knockout Knockouts Tag division tag Team Titles, um, I was so happy for them. Um, sad to see them leave. Um, I still thought that they could still go, but I'm glad to see that they've got things that they're doing. Um, but, yeah, I, I was a huge fan of theirs, so I'm glad to see that they're doing well outside of wrestling. But I am going
2: to wrap this show up now because I— Okay, I've, and they did announce one more. They did announce oh, the oh, surprise there is, okay. trio match. Next okay. week, it's going to be Blackpool Combat Club versus The Butcher, of The Blade, and Hen Helico. The, so AFHO. Uh, so uh, as I said, they'll probably add a Blackpool Combat Club match. They did add a Blackpool, they did. They did add a Blackpool Combat Club match. That seems to be uh, the thing going. Uh, and the bit of news that I didn't cover is uh, the NXT did a round of releases today. I yes. meant to uh, bring. I meant to say this earlier and didn't bring that up. But they uh, did a round of, uh, round of releases of the main people that most people will recognize: Dexter Loomis, uh, uh Persia Parada, because she's been on NXT 2.0 TV, uh, and the biggest names are Malcolm Bilvens. Uh, formerly Stokely Hathaway on the Independent Circle and Dakota Kai, Kai, who's been with WWE or NXT for like a long time. They've all got the release. Dakota you know, said she basically saw it coming. The thing with uh, Malcolm Bivens is that they actually tried to resign him. He turned it down, and I guess that's what led to his release. So I, again, not a big, everyone from WWE should come to AEW guy, but I think Malcolm Bivens and Dakota Kai are no brainers. Uh, Private Party, I think that's perfect for Malcolm Bivens. He's had an independent thing with Orange Cassidy. I just think he knows a lot of people in there. He's a great voice. There's a lot of different ways. There's a lot of people that can be elevated with his voice so i'm looking forward to what he does after his 30 days is up and dakota kai formerly evie on the independence she's she's literally one of my favorite wrestlers so i love the way she performs so i am rooting for her i think she is exactly what the aew A solid, solid women's wrestler. It's exactly what the AEW women's roster needs. I'm not saying they lack solid wrestlers, but you can always use more. So, yeah, that was that part of it. And now, close it out. I will try.
1: <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of All Things Elite. Again, please continue to download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platforms, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can leave a rating, a review. You can leave a donation through Red Circle. And the easiest way to support us is on social media. We are at ATElitePod. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Please check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz S Z U M O W I C Z and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on tw- Twitter. I am getting out of here asap so I can get rid of these things and go to sleep. Um, but I will throw it to Floyd so he can take us home on this episode of All oh, Things Elite.
2: Ah, keep it nice. Uh, keep it short and sweet. Be nice to people. Uh, if you see some way you can help someone out, do it uh i mean the best the best way for life to continue is just you know people helping each other so do that and with that i leave you how i always leave you whether it is home work or school always do your best to be elite